Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Small and Simple Things podcast, your guide to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its members, or as you may know us as the Mormons. I'm Matthew Watkins. In each episode, I highlight a single belief, practice, organization, or piece of the culture of the church. I try to cover a decent amount of material, but I also try to keep things small and simple, and we try to have a little bit of fun along the way. So let's get started. This week, I want to tell you about something that my teacher told me in ninth grade. Now this shows you what kind of a sense of humor I grew up with. My teacher told me that he was agnostic dyslexic. He stayed up late at night wondering if there really is a dog. And I thought that might be a good way to start my first content episode of the podcast is to talk about our beliefs about the big man himself. Whenever our missionaries start teaching someone about our church, they start with addressing the nature of God in relation to him. In fact, that's the first song that we members of the church generally teach our children. It's, in fact, the single most important truth that I think anyone can know in this life is who God is and who we are in relation to God. Okay, so what do members of the Church of Jesus Christ actually believe regarding God? Well, as you can probably tell from the name of our church, we are a Christian religion. And so like all other Christian religions, we believe that God is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-perfect, all-loving, immortal. We believe that, as John 3.16 says, that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and die for our sins and to teach us how to live. We believe that God, the creator of the universe and all-powerful, still somehow loves us more than we can possibly know, and that he asks us to draw near to him by developing some of his attributes, to learn to be more patient, to learn to love, to learn to be obedient in this life, and that by so doing, we can find joy in this life and find joy in the eternities through following him. Now, my guess is most people are probably pretty familiar with the basic tenets of Christian faith. So I want to talk a little bit about where we break and differ from some other Christian faiths. So the first principle where we really break from mainstream Christianity is our belief about our relationship to God. Now in the Bible, we read that Jesus taught us to pray using the words, our Father who art in heaven. And that's the example that he set for us. Now the question comes up, well, does that terminology only apply to Jesus? After all, he is God's only begotten son. Is he the only one who can really pray and saying, our father in heaven? Well, we don't believe it is. Now, some people say that, okay, well, that terminology, the fact that God asks us to call him father, is God's way of showing us love, elevating his creations, us mere creations, to almost a child status, to build intimacy with God, and to help us view our relationship with God less as just creator creation, but as a partnership Um, in growing and coming unto him, and that he elevates us in that way. But we believe that there is, although that is true, certainly, we believe there's a more literal reason than that. We believe that every man, woman, and child ever born, ever born in the past, ever born in the future, ever alive right now, is a child of God. That before coming to this earth, we as spirits lived with God our Father. That he taught us, that he helped us grow and learn, until we could come here on this earth to be tested. Now that song that I mentioned earlier that we teach our children is called, I am a child of God. And as the song teaches, we believe God has sent us here to lead us, to guide us, to walk beside us, and to help us find the way, to learn the lessons from mortal life so that we can return to live with him someday after this life is over. 
So when you hear members of our church pray, you're generally not going to hear us start our prayer by addressing God or Lord or any of the other hundreds of titles that you can find throughout the scriptures. We generally address them saying, Our Father in Heaven, or sometimes, if you want to shorten a word, Dear Heavenly Father. And that is generally how we address our God every single time, um, and because that's the way Jesus Christ taught us to do so. The second way that we tend to vary from mainstream Christianity in regards to our belief about God is that we believe that God has a physical body. Now, if you look back in Christian history, you'll see that several centuries after the death of the apostles in the New Testament, you'll see the development of many creeds, right? The Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed, and various others, which was an effort by the early Christian church after the death of the apostles to come together and to figure out and to debate and to decide what exactly the nature of God is. Uh, and from you get that, from that you get the formulation of what they call the mystery of the Trinity, that God is, uh, I guess, some parts that say, without parts or passions, unknowable, incomprehensible, outside of time and space, not being made of matter. And with all respect to our Christian brothers and sisters, that is not our belief. We try to return to a belief that we think was held back during the time of the New Testament before all those creeds came along. Namely, we believe that God has a physical body. Now, in saying that, we don't want to denigrate God down to our level, certainly. God has a perfected, immortal, and certainly thinner than me <laughs> physical body. It's glorified and, and, and perfected in everything that we can't possibly understand, but it is a physical body nonetheless. Now, there are many references in the Bible and other scriptures that indicate this truth, I'm not going to go into them in great detail in this episode because, like I said, I try to keep things small and simple. So if you want to see all the references for why we believe what we believe, definitely check out the show notes. Um, but suffice it to say for now that we believe that God has a physical body. Now, what does that do? Well, that makes him relatable, right? I just talked earlier about how we believe that he is our father, our heavenly father, the father of our spirits. So that really helps us understand him in a new light instead of just our creator that for some reason that we can't quite understand loves us enough to elevate us almost to child status. We believe that we are his children and he loves us as his children intrinsically. And we can understand it a little bit more, especially as we go into a parental role here in our own families. So when we pray, we don't, you know, in our minds, picture a ball of light somewhere, acknowledging our prayers with an emotionless love. We know that there is a loving father listening on the other end, wanting with all of his heart to help us and help all of his children find what will tr bring true everlasting joy. Now, what does that do for us? That keeps the truths of life in perspective. It keeps the hard times in perspective. It helps us be able to look up and say, during a, a particularly difficult trial, say, I know what this is. This is a chance for me to prove myself. No father would put his child through this unless there was a reason. Um, it also makes it a little bit hard for us to get angry at people. So I served a mission for the church, just like many young men and women do, and you face a lot of rejection knocking on doors. A lot of people telling you that you're going to burn a thousand deaths in the afterlife, and it's very tempting when you feel attacked like that to respond back with something mean, but it's very hard to do so when you know that the person talking to you is your brother or sister not just in a sort of metaphorical sense, but in a very literal sense, that they lived with you before coming to this earth, that you both worshiped God the Father before coming to this earth, and that they're probably not actually a bad person, and you, it's a good chance you're being together after this earth is done. 
So it, it helps really improve relationships between us and other people. It also adds a greater depth and importance to our own family relationships because when we as fathers and mothers are taking the opportunity to learn how to parent our children and to learn how to be good parents, God becomes an example to us because we can look in the scriptures and see how God deals with his children, not just with his creations, but with his children. And we can use that to try and hone our parenting, to learn how to teach more effectively, to learn how to love more perfectly. So it's a big help for that. So that's all I have for today. I hope this helps clarify a little bit of our beliefs and get you started for the next episodes that are coming up where we'll be talking not just about God, but what he is doing. You can find all the sources that I mentioned, as I said, in the show notes for this episode. And you can find them either in the show notes in your podcast app or by visiting my website, smallandsimplethingspodcast.com. And just a reminder, although I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ and I try to keep what I say very in line with church statements, I am not an official representative or spokesman for the church. So if you want official materials regarding our beliefs, please visit the church's official websites, comeuntochrist.org and churchofjesuschrist.org. And you'll find more links and materials there than you'll probably know what to do with. There's a lot there going back many decades. I will see you next time on the Small and Simple Things Podcast.